Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. The first year and a half, and this goes back to talking, you know, what is the support for this policy? Again, like I said earlier in the podcast, you talk to people in February, early March, most people were super supportive of she what they've done for around COVID. Yeah. As hard as, as, as any man as it looks. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, we wouldn't do that here. We couldn't do it here. Well, it's but, also just short-sighted as apart from being inhumane. What it was, was it, it, it burst the myth of somehow they're the, 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 like the communist party, the Chinese leadership are these brilliant planners. Right. Right. Because they, they, what they did for the first year and a half, two years made a lot of sense the way their system works. But what they didn't do is then overlay that with planning for, you know, the vaccinations, getting everything lined up so that when they reopen, it could be as painless as possible. Yeah. Right. So 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 let's move past the idea that that these guys are like have a 10 year or 100 year plan to take over the world. because I think they're that's, genius plans. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a lot of people who have spent the past two weeks trying to come up with some master plan to explain what's happening. And I think the reality is. Whether it was the protests or the economy, the government's hand was forced. And it feels like there is no coherent plan because there probably isn't like a coherent plan as far as like doing this safely, doing this gradually. This was really their only option. No, they, I mean, they, they couldn't, you know, to, to get the vulnerable populations fully vaccinated, they need three, three shots of the Chinese vaccines. They would have had to wait months more and they, they, they couldn't. The economy was right. being strangled. People were... People were going nuts because of all the of the lockdowns and the loss of income, and it just it became a completely untenable situation. So they yeah. really were stuck. There was just so much economic sacrifice and then personal Personals, sacrifice, yeah. no, it's, and it's, it's not clear. Like, that like there we will said be any multiple payoff. times on these podcasts, there are no winners in the pandemic, and anyone who somehow argues that they they're doing better, ultimately the virus comes back and smacks you in the face. Yep. Well, um, speaking of being smacked in the face, no easy way to transition from COVID <laughs> to Elon Musk. But I do feel like I'm being smacked in the face every time I log on Twitter and Musk has been up tweeting at like 3 and 4 a.m. Uh, we're recording, of course, in the shadow of the modern day Pentagon Papers. The Twitter files, right? <laughs> the Twitter files. Are we up to four, number four, number five. Do you know I what? have lost track. I actually do not follow I think Elon we're up to Musk. Twitter, Twitter files number four. I can check. Well, one area that has not been touched during all of this has been China. And you sent me this Washington Post article over the weekend. It was which, from six years ago. Just, it, yeah. yeah, it was a very fun trip down memory lane. It's from uh, 2016. And the Post writes, On Friday, Twitter founder Jack Dorsey welcomed Chen, a software engineer who once worked for the People's Liberation Army as the company's new managing director for Greater China, which includes, in Twitter's view, Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan. The same day, Chen published her first couple of tweets. Those tweets have since come under intense scrutiny, with Chinese netizens in particular questioning her links to the ruling Chinese Communist Party and her apparent plans to collaborate with the party-controlled press. Twitter is blocked in China, making the hiring of a China director a little awkward from the start. That was my first question. Chen seemed to compound that awkwardness by using her initial tweets to give shout outs to Communist Party news outlets and her frequent flyer program of choice. And that last line is a reference to her thanking Hainan Airlines with one of her first tweets. Do you remember this incident? Of course. First no, it was a big deal. And, you know, the reason she was hired is Twitter, like like Google or whatever it's called now, like Facebook or Meta or whatever it's called mm-hmm. now, um, 
you know, even though they were effectively blocked or very had very limited operations inside the PRC, they were all harvesting huge amounts of ad revenue from PRC companies advertising to the rest ah, of the world on their platforms. Okay. So I, mean, I believe Google at one point was over a billion dollars a year, right? Wow. And, and so and so there was huge incentive for all these companies to have people who could who 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 knew the market who could who could sell the platform globally, um, and so. Um, so it's, we're up to Twitter. We've done Twitter files number four. Mm, great. Um, so, so, um, I actually sent this article to Andrew because I've been tweeting a bit about how, you know, the, the latest, the, the, the Twitter file revelation so far. I mean, I think it's, I think transparency is great. Uh, I'm personally having, you know, having lived in China for 10 years under a very robust and over the years I was there, increasingly robust censorship apparatus. I think it is bad that a few people can control the flow of information and get to decide who's able to speak or on a platform and who's not. I think there's a lot of risk there. Um, I, I do think that the Twitter revelations so far tend to be supporting a certain political viewpoint, um, mm-hmm. which uh, some of those things needed to be aired. But I would hope that as we get forward with Musk's transparency, he releases other things. And so this was my pitch to... I know that Elon doesn't read cynicism. Maybe he reads Ben <laughs> and Tetri, but if you do, you know, and you want to do the Twitter China files, I could probably help you find some people who could go through the uh, the Twitter Ooh. emails and Slacks and find interesting bits out there <laughs> that the world should know. Because the thing about this and what it goes back to around Twitter is there have been a lot of issues with China related stuff on Twitter. There, there was this this hiring. She only lasted for eight months, and it was unclear why she left. There. Twitter's had uh, and people in China are getting or have been getting arrested for using Twitter, where the security services are able to identify, uh, even even if they're logging through VPNs, even if they're even if they you know they're not using the real names, they're able to trace them back and arrest them in towns and cities in China. So wait, when when you say arrested, are they arrested because of what they're saying yeah. on Twitter or yeah. just using Twitter? Uh, there have been a few arrests for people just for using VPNs, but around Twitter, it's 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 around sort of what they're saying on Twitter. Okay. And, you know, one of the questions, and, and there's also the, I think it was, was it Mudge? There was that whistleblower report that came out right before the deal closed. Mm-hmm. And I, I tweeted about it a couple of days ago. There was one bit in there where there were folks on Twitter expressing concerns that, or Mudge, Mudge in his whistleblower report had a section about concerns about the way that ads were being sold to some Chinese entities that might allow them to find and target Chinese using Twitter. Right, um, which would be which would be a sign of an incredibly poorly architected ad system if someone could do that. But it's Twitter, so it's certainly possible, right? So it'd be interesting to dig into to understand has that happened? What what are they? What were they saying internally about the risk to Chinese people using Twitter? Mm-hmm. One of the problems that they had over the years was when they did two factor authentication, they did it with SMS, which meant that you know your SMS is going over the the PRC telecom firms, which are totally insecure. Right, right. So, so two-factor authentication. I mean, we knew this, and we, we people live in China like this is not secure, right? You have a lot of um, advertising money that's been spent on Twitter by uh, the big prop- propaganda outlets, um, some of whom also have massive followings. Many of them are are bots. Mm-hmm. Many of them look purchased. How did that happen? What what were people saying internally about dealing with these Chinese entities and how they were spending ads? The process of how Twitter has labeled certain accounts like state affiliated media or state affi- how, how did that work yeah like who who gets picked who doesn't i mean all, there's a lots of interesting things that would that i think we would all benefit from learning more about if there were some transparency around that 
around those topics as well. I, I would love to see all internal communications related to Zhao Lijian and, and how he's been handled over the years. And they, because there have been verified Chinese politicians who use Twitter to communicate with the West and yeah. in Zhao's case to no, control the West. Issue threats. And I mean, no, it's, it's just, it's like, it's one of those things where some of the stuff that's come out in the first four, um, uh, the, the the first four episodes of Twitter files. Mm. Um, again, definitely you could see, I mean, as someone who's, who's been on Twitter for, I don't know, I think, I think I started 2007. It's too long. I wasted too much of my life on Twitter, right? <laughs> but who's been on Twitter so for a long time and, you know, sobering. doing China Twitter. It just, there's a lot of stuff around Twitter in China over the years that I've been dying to know more about. And so if, if we're really, if, if the new owner is really going to go for radical transparency, I really hope he does it around China too. Now to be cynical, mm -hmm. the odds of that are pretty low because his main business is so reliant on China. Well, so I was going to ask that. Unfortunate. So I hope, I hope I'm being too cynical. What, what do you think about the people who are calling for Elon to comment on like China's COVID policies, for instance? Well, I mean, he run, you know, he criticized California when they, they shut down the Fremont plant. Why did he criticize Shanghai when they shut down the Shanghai plant? I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, you can't, you, you sort of, you look pretty hypocritical or pretty scared. If you're only willing to criticize one government, but not the other, even though they're doing the same things. Yeah, it, it's I'm torn on the issue because on the one hand, uh, he's made himself such an easy target by framing himself as like the champion of free, free speech, speech and right. the battle for the and future the of truth, speech and, and right. freedom and civilization. And like in that case, it all right, should, well, and, here's and the, woke, a, the woke mind virus is going to, what was the latest tweet about the woke mind virus? Like if oh, we lose that man. battle, civilization, civilization is over. I know. I, I was talking to people this morning. I said, anybody who uses the phrase woke mind I'm virus. Sorry, I was, we, we'll delete that part, right? Well, sorry. They just need to go outside, like log off, get some fresh air. It's all going to be okay. But I also the other side of that debate in my own head is I don't want Elon Musk, given how volatile he's been talking about what's going on in the United States. I don't know that it would be a great idea to have him up at 3 a.m. tweeting at she. I just I don't know how we strike the balance as far as Western leaders. I do think there's a responsibility. No, I, I agree with that. I just think that it, it that it's too easy to be labeled as hypocritical or worse when, you know, you're willing to take shots at, at elected leaders in countries where you know there are no ramifications and yet in a place where you have massive business interests, but you understand that if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get in trouble, you just stay yeah. silent. And then you act like you're sort of this great defender of free speech. Yeah. Just shut up about it, right? No, <laughs> yeah. honestly, right? Or, 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 or you don't care and you'll be called a hypocrite and no one cares and you're the second richest, second richest man in the world. Now. I know. It's kind of sad, actually. Um, no, <laughs> but honestly, Elon. so, so, I mean, it's easy to take pot shots. It's like Tim Cook, right? I mean, Tim Cook will, will say things about po politics in the U.S. and then he doesn't say shit, excuse me, doesn't say anything mm -hmm. bad about China because he, he understands, you know, that, that there's actual ramifications to that kind of speech in China. Whereas here, the government's, you know, he's most of the time he's not going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. Well, and I think we can agree that if you're going to paint yourself as the hero who's going to restore speech norms or the hero of privacy, <laughs> globally, purchase of Twitter. Yeah. yeah I'm calling out yeah. the most repressive regime as far as speech is concerned uh, is a good idea. But 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 it goes back to, I mean, my earlier point about Twitter, which is which is really 
would be interesting to see what, if any, compromises the company had made to deal with China to get the Chinese ad dollars. I know. And, so and, and it would you... seem like a normal in a normal place or a normal owner who's pushing transparency, that would be something they would want to get out there because it like it it does also paint the potentially paint the previous management in not particularly flattering light. But in this case, again, as you said earlier, I, I'm skeptical he would ever do that because he has much bigger interests in China that rely on not rocking the boat. And so do you think that Chinese government officials, because I mean, I share your frustration. I don't, I don't know if you said you were explicitly frustrated. I am explicitly frustrated by the way this has all been handled. And as far as the Twitter files are concerned, because these are important issues and it's been delivered in such an obnoxious, yeah. deliberately polarizing yeah. way that yeah. it, it reminds me of the ProPublica report where it's like when you're dealing with some of the most important questions of our time, you have to be really careful because if you do it in a ham-handed way, it becomes easier to just shut down yeah. the questions entirely. Yeah, and so it's just been disappointing and one thing that I think they could do if they were looking to establish new norms is to just make it policy to publish all communications they have with government officials here or elsewhere. And so I'm just wondering, mechanically, do you think people from the Chinese government were reaching out to Twitter? So we don't know. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting, right, is you've got a um, there was a case when I think I think one of the uh, one of the employees is actually been indicted or sentenced yeah they who the employee who was who was giving information to the saudi government about saudi dissidents using mm, twitter that's right yeah right and so um is saudi Arabia really the only country that's going to try and corrupt the twitter employee for information on dissidents all right and that's the end of the free preview if you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show you can do that in two ways First, you can go to Sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus. Plus.